Welcome to the Spiritual AF Life Podcast, a magical place where your host, Heather Danielle, psychic medium, will bring the mystical woo-woo world down to earth in practical ways. Tune in every Monday for your weekly reading and on Wednesdays to hear fascinating conversations with spiritual experts, uplifting stories, and deep dives into the metaphysical world, all to help you tap into the invisible guidance that's all around you. It's time to start living a spiritual AF life. Get cozy, the conversation is starting now. Today, we are welcoming back one of our favorite guests that have been on the show before, the healer of hearts, Joanna. She is one of the most beautiful souls that I know, and also one of the most decorated, shall I say, spiritual people out there now who has dabbled in a lot of different modalities over the years. And today she is going to be talking to us about the harmonic high heart. And she really goes into some details that will really help us out in trying to connect to those high spiritual realms. This could actually be what you are missing when it comes to your spiritual connection. So if you have been finding it difficult to communicate with your spirit guides, your past loved ones, or maybe you want the information to come in more clearer with a little bit less confusion, then maybe Joanna is here to help and to save the day so that you can become more spiritually connected. Let's get to it right now. Hey, Joanna, one of my most favorite people, especially in the spiritual world. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us today. Oh, Heather, I'm so excited. It's always good to be in your company, in your presence, in your energy. Love it, love it, love it. It's always such a good time. I know the last time that we got together was for that amazing Akashic Records event. Mm. And now you're going to be one of the first guest speakers in the Spiritual AF Academy. And that is coming up. I believe we have a date set in February for you Mm. to join us. We do. I'm so excited about it. And thank you so much for inviting me to do that because it's just... um, You know, I, I love sharing my knowledge. I've worked in this spiritual realm for over 25 years and now as i'm getting ready to think about retirement at some point in time you know it's like i just i i have the desire uh to share as much as i can to help people to help light workers in particular to help healers to help people who are intuitive to really realize their gifts because so many people i meet heather and i'm sure you're the same way Oh, I can't do what you do. You know, I don't have that. Yes, you do. If you have the desire, if you are a seeker, if you uh, have any interest at all, that is your consciousness, your spirit. You're saying to you, go for it. There is something there. And we all have such wonderful, wonderful gifts. We just have to uncover, discover them and tap in, right? So funny, because as soon as you started talking a little bit about how you've been doing this for so long, all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, we need to like really pick your brain. As somebody that's been involved in this world for so long, you have probably seen so many people wake up to their abilities or wake up to the spiritual world. And I'm not even sure if you could help us, but what do you advice do you have for somebody that's opening up? You know, that that is curious, maybe is mm-hmm. wanting to take that next step. Do you have any advice or what they should do next? Well, first of all, I always uh, advise people because I teach a lot as well. And, you know, get grounded in who you are. Like that's like first step, really know who you are, get grounded, you know, 
learn from um from books from classes like do it all until you fine tune where your particular gift lies is it hands-on is it in the psychic realm is it you know in the um uh you know medical healing like do you need to become a massage therapist you know like i did or do you need to keep it in just the um the general intuitive card reading realm, whatever it is for you. But once you do a period of time, and that period of time can last, I don't know, from six months to six years, I guess, or more, you know, of seeking, of wanting knowledge, but there has to come a time where you focus in, right? Mm -hmm. Where you get real um, into the uh, micro knowledge of what it is that you feel called to and then dive deep dive deep into that because we can't be all things to everybody even though i wear a lot of hats i wear a lot of hats in the spiritual realm as far as knowledge goes because i've been doing this work for a long time but i had to really focus on so first you know i became a spiritual director in the uh catholic lineage i studied at a catholic university I studied for three years. I did that work within um, within the church system, right? And was very involved and became a leader of a healing prayer movement, became, you know, did all that thing. Then moving forward, my priest, and I don't want to get into my story too much, but just because it's interesting, the priest- Yeah, we're listening. Was, we like this. So my Sorry priest to was at my church, uh, came up to me one day and he said, you know, you're a healer. And I I don't know what the heck he was talking about. What was he talking about? And he sent me to Barbara Brennan. Now, some people might not know who Barbara Brennan is, but I look at her as the, the grandmother of energy healing. She has a school in New York. That's five years. She wrote a Hands of Light and Emerging Light to a comprehensive textbooks on energy work right he sends me to a four-day event with her my life completely changed and then through a series of events as i started studying healing touch and all of that my husband dies and i need to do that for a living and here in florida you can't touch unless you're licensed as a nurse or a massage therapist so i became a massage therapist then I started doing craniosacral work. Then I met a shaman and I studied with a shaman and on and on and on. Each step took me into where, what, what I do now. You know, I learned sound healing and I learned all of that. And for a while, I didn't know whether I was coming or going because people go, what do you do? Well, I do this and I do this and I do this. Now I do two things. I do craniosacral therapy and I read the Akashic record. That's it. Oh you know. Gosh. But don't you see, I know at least with myself, because I feel 100% that's the answer that I give to everybody as well. When you're first starting off on your awakening journey, go and go towards where you're led, where you're interested in, you know, soak up all the YouTube videos, all the free workshops, everything like that. Learn from plenty of different teachers, because then I noticed 
that it always comes back full circle. Everything that I have learned, it always comes back like in my psychic and mediumship learning uh, uh, readings. I could go ahead and, you know, hear some of my numerology, human design or astrology things like coming in and working for me in my psychic and mediumship because that's really where my home is. And did you notice that with your sessions that you do now? Like you still have like all this information that's kind of like still useful. (laughs) Absolutely. I use everything. I always say my toolbox is vast. And so when I have a person on my table uh, getting hands-on work done or sitting across from me having an Akashic record reading, I find because I have knowledge of the body, anatomy and physiology, that I (laughs) I can see where their dysfunction is in their body. I can just intuitively see that. And because I have knowledge of of food and and um supplements and the health aspect of the physical health aspect that i can also help in that way even when i'm doing a reading so yes everything is used nothing is wasted of your it's just fine-tuning it to a couple of things so you don't feel all scattered and all over Mm -hmm. the place but that knowledge that you gain is um absolutely part of what you offer everybody like you know i took a life coaching course i mean i've been certified in hypnotherapy i've done so many things you know i became a sound healer i taught tuning fork therapy to hundreds of people you know i as you know i wrote co-wrote the food healing oracle deck and a smoothie book so it's like god joanna how many things can you do but right now it's like I know what helps my clients the most, at least in what I can do. And yes, I do have a lot of that wisdom that I've I, I've gained through studying what what interested me, following yeah. those breadcrumbs, right? It, exactly, following the breadcrumbs because then it's like, okay, you already you already gave us our next step. So basically, go where you're led, and then you're going to see what you're more attracted to or what's attracted to you. So then, like, what kind of people are gravitating towards you? Maybe not even in a business sense, but even like with family members and friends mm-hmm. and things like that. The kinds of questions that they're asking you, or the kind of situations that are coming up in your life, and then you'll be like, ooh, okay, this is where I can really utilize this a little bit more. Because I did the same thing as you, because um, a little bit, anyways. I don't think I had my hand in quite so many pots as you have, but like I used to offer healings and I love mm-hmm. that. And I got a lot of experience with it and it was something that I was really good at, but I realized it wasn't really feeling my soul. I really don't like that. You know, it wasn't right. something that I really wanted to do anymore just because I feel like I was being called to help out in other ways and also in less ways. So mm-hmm. that kind of reminds me just really quick for those of us who don't know, because everybody's heard of Reiki, pranic healing. You, mm-hmm. you had mentioned healing touch. Mm -hmm. Is that similar? Can you just um, give us a little bit of insight on what that is? Yeah. Healing touch to me is a conglomeration of a lot of different modalities. It's like when you go to a buffet at a restaurant and they have some Chinese, some Italian, some American, some whatever, right? Uh, Healing touch takes a lot of information from a lot of different teachers including Barbara Brennan, including Brew Joy, a lot of healers came together. And the founder of Healing Touch International, Janet Metkin, who was an RN who started uh, a modality called therapeutic touch in a hospital setting, came together with all of these teachers 
and started teaching Healing Touch. So Healing Touch, when I was learning it, had, uh, I believe it was six to eight different modules. And it takes like, you know, a few years to get through all the modules that you take, yeah. that you do. And um, yeah, so, and I also took, of course, Reiki during that time, but it was Reiki, it was energy, it was chakra balancing and chakra activation and and um, working with trauma, all of that. And, and then with craniosacral therapy, they got kind of like, that's the physical and spiritual um, uh, energy systems working within the body. So that's why I gravitated towards that because it is working with the physical body, but with the subtle energy signature that is within us as well. So it's just such beautiful work. And that's actually my next question too, because you just gave us a little bit of insight about the healing touch. Someone who doesn't understand the cranial um, sacral thing, what exactly is that? Is that healing? Is that therapy? This is something that you do. And I think it's more tools in our toolbox if we understand it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's therapy. It's a therapy. It's a very light touch, five grams of pressure uh, on certain parts of the sacrum and the cranium. And what it does is we have this cerebral spinal fluid within the spinal cord that uh, actually, you know, affects all of our organs, our mainly our central nervous system, our atomic nervous system. And we, a lot of us are running on adrenaline. So, you know, like fight or flight, we're always mm -hmm. stressed, we're always anxious, we're mind doesn't stop turning. Craniosacral gets the body to get that into that rest and relax where people just feel like they're kind of leaving their body and able to, you know, so the body heals, the mind rests, the everything is at total peace and rest. So when my clients get up from the table, sometimes they look younger because they've had such relaxation. So to me, and I tell my clients this, it's like a week's vacation in an hour session. That's how Ooh. the body rejuvenates in that way. So people come to me with migraines, TMJ, any kind of pain, as well as uh, depression, as well as trauma. I worked with wounded warriors for a while, you know, PTSD, uh, a lot of that kind of um, uh, experience comes into play. You know, people find me for all different, all different reasons because it works on so many different aspects of mind, body, spirit. So. And then sometimes they're open-minded and they get a little drumming or a little crystal bowls. And I always, because of the work that I've done my whole life, any every craniosacral therapy gets a chakra balancing because I think that that's so important, you know, for us to be able to be running on all cylinders, so to speak. Oh, no, I absolutely love that. And I can tell, too, how much passion and love that you have for it. So that kind of like brings us together with, OK, we have done the first step and we have explored a lot of the things we have noticed, you know, that, OK, we might be drawn towards something. But how did you find out that this was something that you love to do? Like, how did it get brought into your life? And like, when did you know that this is something that you really wanted to share with the world and, you know, look more into? Are you talking about craniosacral therapy? Or are you talking yeah. about healing touch? Healing, um, yeah. 
Well, the cranial sacral therapy. Sorry, okay. that that's the one. That's the one I really noticed that mm -hmm. even though I know you love healing touch, that's the one where I can really feel like your heart chakra expanding. Yeah, yeah, I really do. I I really love it because I see uh, so many people heal and get better from it. I've there's been so many success stories in my practice that I've had in, in cancer, tumors, major depression. Um, you know, hatred for the world, wanting to commit suicide kind of thing, you know, to um, not being able to sleep at night. So when my, I had already taken almost every level of healing touch when my husband died, right? So I was already a spiritual director going through the process of becoming a healing touch practitioner. My husband was killed in a boating accident, suddenly 49 years old, you know, like prime of his life kind of thing. And, um, and at that point I worked for his business. I was the business's bookkeeper. And when he died, there was no more business. So I knew I had to do something and I wanted to put my, my shingle as a healer and spiritual director. And everybody said, oh, you gotta have a license to touch, you gotta have a license to touch. And I finally decided to go to massage school to be able to get a license to do my healing work, not to be, I'm a massage therapist. That was not my goal, not my intention. But during school and getting my uh, license in massage therapy, I fell in love with the body. And because the body is where we do our work, isn't it? Right? We can't, you know, we can't do much floating around spiritually. I mean, we can uh open our own minds we can bring ourselves some peace we can you know uh have an elevated consciousness expand our soul but the work the real work is embodied and we came to this incarnation embodied in this physical form so we could do our work so there you go i was introduced to craniosacral therapy and uh, as I was really getting into massage. And so for a while, I kind of took a back seat to the spiritual stuff while I really learned about, you know, attachment sites and how the muscles worked and, you know, mm -hmm. what what was pain and how does it um, how does it affect different muscle groups and things like that. I, so I got into that. And then I started studying with Upledger for craniosacral therapy. And to me, the light bulb moment happened like that. Very wonderful integration of body and spirit, body and energy, right? And I was hooked. That was, God, 18 years ago, 17, 18 years ago. And so wow. for a while, I did everything. Like I said, I was... I was doing the energy work. I was doing the spiritual direction. I was doing the massage. I was doing the craniosacral. And that's a lot, right? Plus I was mm -hmm. teaching tuning forks. And it was a lot. So in the last, I guess it's been five or six years, I kind of fine-tuned it. You know, of course, I wrote the food healing, co-wrote the food healing oracle deck and the smoothie book. But in my private practice, I was only doing the Akashic records and the craniosacral therapy. And it just makes sense to me that we, especially with the energies in the world right now, Heather, 
They're very yes. destabilizing for us, right? I mean, here we are just trying to make it work here on this earth plane and the earth seems to be chaotic and confused and you just, you know, I don't watch the news. I don't recommend anybody watch the news, but we still get it. Energetically, yeah. we get it. Vibrationally, we get it. We hear it from other people and it's, we are all walking around going WTF, right? Oh my WTF. gosh. Yes. What the heck is going on? And we need the healers to stand up to help people. Whatever okay. modality you choose to use, whether it's your words, whether it's your hands, whether it's, you know, you're teaching something or teaching meditation or whatever, everybody now has got to stand up. And, but for, you know, I don't want to get into this really long rant about it, but first we have to work on our own consciousness, right? That's what's important. If we're in our mind being critics and judgmental and, you know, having attachments to things being a certain way and being very stubborn and fixed and, and that we can't come into a healing session of anybody if in our mind we're judging ourselves or them or, mm -hmm. you know, we have to really learn how to elevate our, our own consciousness. Yes. And that's what comes in with that, with the high heart, the the frequency that we carry, tapping into that higher heart, that higher conscious. So we come into a healing session with someone neutral, non-judgmental, accepting, aligned, right? Yes. And just and just engaging our heart, engaging our hearts to be total love. I see that in you. When you do a reading, right, you come from a place of pure heart. And um, a lot of people who want to be healers, who want to be readers, first, they have to learn what that means, what that energy feels like, what that frequency feels like, and then start seeing clients. Because if you start seeing clients beforehand, it, it can get all messed up. You can have, you know, uh, not clear boundaries because you have to have clear boundaries while you're using that heart. That's not separate from having an open, mm -hmm. engaged heart. In fact, yeah. I think it's part of having an open, engaged heart is yeah. to know where boundaries are. Oh my gosh. I and mean, it's so needed because you know how many light workers that I've seen that have gotten burnout because they don't have good freaking boundaries because right. it's like you are only one person. You might be connecting to the one consciousness. You might feel like you are expansive and you know the you know the, all these big big feelings but it's kind of like what you had already brought out brought up is that we are in our vessel we're in our body like mm -hmm. we are just a little humans right now like we can only <laughs> go so far and boundaries are huge um with us and you have brought up so many great points during you know, I, I think you were channeling something there because i have felt it and i know you have felt it too this almost this extreme need to wake other people up because of everything mm -hmm. that's happening in this world. And I feel like it's so incredibly urgent, you know, for some reason, mm -hmm. there's a sense of urgency behind this to where that's a reason why that I'm doing so many things. Cause I feel like, okay, almost like wake up, everybody wake up. And mm -hmm. I love how you were saying that all this is like tying in because just by people 
going down their spiritual path, going where they're led, what interests them, like that is going to help them, you know, with their mind, with their consciousness, almost like helping to clean it up so that they can be more receptive to like Mm -hmm. the healing and things like that, that you were talking about, because it's like, we have to clean up almost like our side of the street in a way we have to make sure that like we're good so that we can create this butterfly effect in the world you know mm-hmm. does this make sense what i'm saying like i'm trying to well, like point know, everything that you said and connect it because there's yeah, a connection there it does definitely makes sense because i look at you as a mentor for people to be able to do that and that's what we need we need people to stand up as teachers as mentors as guides not gurus now i'm going to make that distinction because so many gurus, that is such an egoic place almost where you hear the stories of people putting their faith and trust and money and energy into these gurus and they turn out to be not very grounded, not very ethical, you know? So no gurus, but teachers, mentors, guides that you can uh, have some stabilization because I'm a spiritual director and because I come from that background, I still to this day have a spiritual director. I always go to spiritual direction. It's such a good thing to do. I mean, to have, because it keeps me on track, right? It gives me, it's like, it's like going to a life coach, going to a therapist. Please, please, please don't think that we are islands unto ourselves. We don't see sometimes are patterns that are causing obstacles and blocks in our life, right? We don't see the shadow sometimes that we're acting from, but a good therapist, mentor, life coach, spiritual director can help us in that discernment. Who am I? What do I want? Where is my energy versus their energy? Where is my path versus their path? How can I stay clear within myself and yet be of service to others without having the other muddying up our process, right? Like there's some real clear distinctions. And I think that my 25, 20 some years work has led me to this place of I really feel more clear now than I've ever felt in all of my work because I know where I am where I leave off and my clients are because there's some real codependent stuff that can happen. There's some real transference stuff that can happen. We got to be really, really clear when we're working, you know? Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Oh my goodness. Yes, for sure. And I'm definitely one of those ones that are guilty for like giving a lot, you know? Um, and you know, when we give, we also have to remember that we have to fill up our own cups, you know, we had to keep on doing that. And that can be so difficult for people who are working in the light. And I have to say, I absolutely love that you keep on talking about mentors and almost like the mentors, the teachers, you know, everyone out there, all the leaders also should have their own mentor to help guide them to help, you know, light the way. And it's so funny because as I was going down my spiritual business and, you know, that kind of thing, wanting to help people out, it was so funny because I didn't ever feel right calling myself a coach. 
And finally, I'm like, why do some people call themselves coaches? Why do some call themselves mentors? And when I went down to like the nitty gritty of the definitions, it was that a mentor is someone who has been down that same road and helps people throughout that road, where a coach just helps you down the road and they may or may not have always already gone through that own road themselves. And then I was like, oh no, I wanna lead people towards a road that I've already been down. And so that's the reason why that I, just like you, have taken all these classes and all these different courses. Mine mine were a lot to deal with, like mediumship and psychic, you know, as a platform. And then I've also done, you know, inside psychic fairs, outside psychic fairs. You know, I've done all these things because I knew maybe in the depths of my soul, maybe in my heart, that I knew that I was going to have to show other people how to do it and to be like, okay, here's my experience. You know, you go out and you get your own and to actually mentor people, because that's something that I feel that. I've always been called to do since I was little is to teach. And it was so funny too, because back in the day, not even that long ago, when I first woke up, the very first thing that I thought of was, I got to tell everybody this. I got to show everybody. I got to tell them that they have the power that, oh my God, it's not for a select few. It's not that just like so many of us just feel like we're not good enough to Mm -hmm. have these abilities, that we're not good enough to be good, whatever it is, astrologers, horoscope people, psychics, mediums, you know, intuitive people, whatever it is. Like, I know I didn't feel good enough. I held those people up on a pedestal. Like they were the chosen ones from God. And then it's like, as soon as I realized, I'm like, wait a second, no, we're all chosen. Like everybody has this. So Mm -hmm. I think too, maybe as I'm talking, like another sign is if you feel really excited about it and you have to share with other people or you're wanting to do it on other people, just kind of like with the therapy, I bet you're really excited that every time when somebody books with you because it's an opportunity for you to actually help them and for them to also see and receive like that magic and those miracles you know from i guess spirit world in a way but then also um from something that's a little bit more unconventional mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. i mean you know it's like I, when i think of retirement because i'm seven i turned 70 this year or so or last year Ooh, congratulations! Anyway, yeah i know it's like So I'm like, am I ever going to retire? And then I think about the work that I do. And I know that maybe some things will fall away as I become more um, engaged in my own process, even more so without working so much. But um, there's so much that I do want to share and help people in that regard. I don't see myself ever really retiring, right? Because that would be for me to stop being, you know? Yes. And I felt the same way too, because I remember being like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to do readings anymore. You know, I don't really feel called. It's fine. But then I think about all of the scammers that are out there, all of the people that also are, you know, should not be doing this work. You know, maybe they were connected a long time ago. They lost themselves because some people can get really ego driven or like I even went and had some readings done myself and it was just like, oh gosh, no. Like you could tell that it was them leading the session. And then I was like, nope, I can't do it because as long as I am offering it, then there's one less person that could possibly be um, drawn towards somebody that maybe doesn't have their highest good, you know, um, there in the forefront of their mind and i'm not trying to scare anyone that's listening that's about readings and you're going to get scammed or things like that there's there's bad and good people in all areas and all genres and all career fields and those kinds of things you just have to go with whom you're drawn to um who you feel in closeness to um mm-hmm. that's the reason why i think that like therapy and kind of like what you do in readings and stuff like that it's almost like um like therapy on steroids <laughs> it's like you really get to know people during your sessions do you feel the yeah. same way mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely it's just 
it's like find the people who you know are are in integrity. Integrity yes. seems to be uh, there seems to be a lack of that. And I think it's not like not to put blame and shame on anyone. It's just that people have an idea in their, their heads. Oh, it'd be so cool to do this for a living. And they put the cart before the horse. They put that cart before they do their own self-development work. Mm. For instance, the very first class I went to Healing Touch, it was a four-day class. At the end of it, I was so turned on, tuned in, tapped in. Oh my God, I love this. This is so awesome. I'm like, going to do this. I'm going to do every single class within the next six months. So I go to the teacher and I go, how fast can I get all these modules done? How fast can I get all these classes? And she goes, well, you can go as fast as you want. She goes, but she kind of looked at me with wise eyes and said, but just remember life happens. And the life that happens between classes is your development. Don't skip your development. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what she means by that. She's trying to tell me I can't be doing this because I was all in my excitement and my ego, right? Because I didn't, well, guess what? Life happened. I didn't take my next class for a year later. Wow. You know? So it's like, pay attention to the spaces between the classes because that's your development. That's your spiritual, personal development. Yes. As important as going to those classes. Right? You are speaking my love language right now. <laughs> yes. Because I'm always, I love how your teacher put it and how you're bringing it up to us now because I'm always telling people that I'm like, your spiritual self is not separate. You know, it's not like you just meditate and that's it. It's like, no, mm-hmm. you take those things that you were learning in those classes and you apply it to your everyday life. It is possible. You can do it. And it's just like, right. just, knowing some of these things can just make your life so much better and easier, no matter what genre that you go down, what kind of category of the spiritual stuff it's going to help out so much. Wow. I love that because I was actually one of those people that jumped in full force, I think in a little bit too fast, you know, with like sharing everything with the world. And what ended up happening was poor boundaries, kind of like what you talked about, Mm -hmm. and then also burnout. And then a lot of this back and forth with spiritual stuff, you know, because I think I was going too fast with it. And then I would get scared and pull back out, try to pull back out. And then I was going in and out all of the time. And it's like, wait, no, just kind of chill, settle. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's a journey, you know, almost like it's a, what is it called? It's not a race, you know, it's like, it's not the destination, right? There you go. Yes. It's the journey. But you know, you can't compartmentalize your spiritual life. You are your spiritual life. You are a, you're not a human having a spiritual experience. You are spirit having a human experience. I can't say that enough because that is what it is. So if you are at the movies, your spirit's at the movies. If you are having a fight with your significant other spouse, Your spirit is right there too. It's all there. It doesn't go away because you're not in meditation and like, oh God, I'm not being very spiritual right now. Yeah, you are. (laughs) Yeah, you are. Part of the whole. (laughs) I think that so many of us have heard that saying, you know, that you are a spiritual being having a human experience, but it's like, I don't think that many understand like how true it is. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I don't have time for my spiritual stuff. You know, like I just don't have time to do this. And it's like, 
right. whether or not you have time to Hello. learn about it, or it's still happening. Like it's still, it's still there. <laughs> well, I have to say my second year at St. Thomas University when I was studying spiritual direction um, was called the exercises of St. Ignatius. And it was called retreat in everyday life. Well, I was raising three kids. My husband had a business I was working at. My sons were in baseball. My daughter was in dance. I'm like saying to the nuns that were teaching me, are you kidding me? Retreat in everyday life? I, apparently you don't know my life. And they would laugh, kind of giggle and laugh and, oh, you'll find it. You know, when I did my best meditating, when I was washing dishes, when I was folding laundry, I was practicing mindfulness. I was practicing real presence. I was training my mind to quiet as I was doing the chores that I needed to do, right? Yeah. Chop wood, carry water. We have to do our work and we can bring spirit into every single aspect of our life because we are spirit, right? Yes. And don't you notice too, when you were doing that, didn't you notice your life getting a little bit easier? Because you weren't oh, stuck in your mind. You weren't stuck in like this worry thing. Didn't you notice that? Mm -hmm. My husband is what who noticed it. At the time, he said to me, I don't know if I've ever seen you so calm. At first, I couldn't understand why you decided to go back to school and take on this heavy load, you know, with everything else we have going on. But he realized that something was being transformed inside of me, that I was getting in touch with an aspect of self that was peace, that yes. was me my essence, my core being. And he's the one that brought it up to me. And I go, oh, I guess I am. Because that's what he saw on the outside was oh this calmer person. Man, that reminds me, like I, all these things are coming back to my mind right now because I remember when I first got with my husband right shortly afterwards, right, right when we got married, we got married because I was sick. You know, I started having seizures and things like that. Things were not going well for me in my life and it just was snowballing out of control. And it was so funny because I've heard this term where it's like um, in a relationship, one person is the gardener and the other person is the flower. So there's always the one that's a gardener that's, you know, you know, watering the flower. And I was just like, man, I don't want to be the flower. Like I want to be the gardener. I'm so used mm -hmm. to being, you know, the one who takes care of people. But now I was the one getting taken care of. And I ended up going in for one of my very first readings. And I remember feeling so much guilt for being the flower. And I remember I looked at the reader. I'm like, is it OK that I am? you know, the flower, I'm not the gardener. And I remember she looked at me and she was like, yes, don't worry. You've spent a lot of lifetimes, you know, as the gardener, it's okay to accept this help. Let someone take care of you. But it's so funny because the more I went down my spiritual path, the healthier I got, the better that I felt more mindful, all of these things, you know, there's a total mm -hmm. connection to where now I'm in my relationship now, still the same one. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm the freaking gardener. Like I became the gardener. So I was like, I feel like so good about this. And of course in relationships, it's always this give and take thing, but I was like right. the spiritual realm and going down and walking this path has helped transform relationships, your body, your mind. Um, and you do it all throughout your day. And you're not like, you're not just like meditating in the morning or not having time to meditate. And then you're just going ahead and just you know, just trying to do everything by your own old human self, you know, right. during the day, like that doesn't you work feel, very well. Feeling alone in it, right? Yeah. And, and even the gardener has to learn to receive and go with the flow, right? That Surrender. is so true. 
to the elements and surrendering to you know what the the seeds that are planted what they're bringing forth right so even gardener has to have its um its ebb and flow of of uh action and passivity right action oh. and then waiting for yes that is what I'm learning right now. <laughs> so how did you know that you taught on to it? So many of us that are like the gardeners or the flowers are listening right now being like, yeah, we hear you, Joanna. It's easier said than done, but we hear you. Oh my gosh. I am loving talking to you. Every time that I am in your presence, I just feel so much love coming from you. And I really cannot wait to continue this conversation too, because we are really going to be diving more deep into what the frequency and the vibrations on how to connect to the spiritual realm inside of the academy um, here in February. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to offer this teaching of the high heart. The high heart is, and just just to give a little bit for people who want to maybe look into it before the class, but it's the high heart is an energetic chakra between the throat and the physical heart chakra between that Ooh. chakra. And there's ways to activate it. But to me, when I know the difference when I'm coming from my heart from when I'm and when I'm coming from my higher heart, my higher heart is doesn't have the sentimentality of my heart. It's got the higher consciousness. It's got those higher realms. I can see and a lot of people might, you know, have disagreements with this, but I can see a place where the murderer, the most heinous person we can think of, I can see them in their innocence of their wow. soul, right? And that's a hard yoga to, to comprehend. But when you're in that higher frequency, in those higher realms, you're thinking in a whole different way, right? You're not in that place of judgment. You're in that place of neutrality. That's almost it's not almost, it's tapping into the Christ consciousness within. That is where the Christ consciousness, you know, we learn from the Bible and the stories of Jesus, right? That he could be a, among the sinners and the prostitutes and the, and the thieves, right? And find community with them because he was able to tap in to that, that compassion. Yes, right. so much. Yeah, that consciousness. Yeah. I think that that's a better word for it. Yes. And mm -hmm. to be able to get into that state. Right. Wow. Yeah. And so think about you seeing a client and doing a reading and coming from that higher place within yourself, that high heart. I would love to share with uh, the people that um, that you gather about how to tap into that, not only for other others, but for themselves right? Tapping in. And there's a physical way that you can tap in. And there's a energetic way you can tap in. And we're going to cover all of that, what it is, how to tap into it, how to come from there, when to know it's active or when it's not active, you know, because of what's going on in the mind. And there's, there's a lot, there's a lot to cover. And so I'm looking forward to teaching that or Yes, with you. And you know what? I will put a link in the show notes for anybody that wants to join or get the info or make sure that you're RSVP to it. So I'll put the link in the show notes and hope that you join us. But now, Joanna, if 
they are going to join us maybe like hopefully they do because more the merrier we love everybody because you are drawn to us for a reason and you're supposed to be part of our tribe but if they also maybe want to work with one of the sessions that you offer you know learn more about you um where can they find you joannasalerno.com very easy <laughs> oh perfect <laughs> Yeah, joannasalerno.com and all of the things that I offer are on my website and you can even contact me from my website if you want an Akashic Record reading, if you want spiritual direction, if you want to get married, I marry people. Oh my goodness, I love it. It's, I love it. And I will definitely have all that linked um, in the show notes too. So if you want to keep in touch with Joanna, Joanna, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us, for really just like opening up your whole spiritual path so that we can, you know, have a better path in front of us that you've helped blaze for us. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Heather. It is always a joy. I don't know what it is about your energy, but I always feel my heart, both hearts, high heart and <laughs> both hearts and my physical heart just open wide when I'm in your presence. You are so <gasps> such a joy and i just love you so much so thank you for having me oh thank you so much joanna i feel the same way and i guess i will be seeing you in the academy soon i can't wait see you there everybody be brave <laughs> thanks for tuning in to the spiritual af life podcast You'll find all the links to resources and more in the show notes. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on the incredible episodes that are coming up.